There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hear me? I did. I heard you. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need. You just say that and they show up. They come jumping out of a shrub. Oh, cool. No matter where you are in life, when you need the coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Want to talk to Conan? Visit teamcoco.com slash call Conan. Okay, let's get started. Oh, man. Hi, David. Welcome <laughs> to Conan O'Brien needs a fan. <laughs> hey, David, how are you? Wow, I am so nervous. Holy oh, don't cabole. be. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, uh, David, do not be nervous. You will quickly realize that we are idiots if you haven't already. Um, and and it's really nice to talk to you. Where are, Where are you right now? I'm in New Rochelle, New York, right outside of New York City. Okay. I grew up uh, fantasizing about New Rochelle because my favorite show when I was a really little kid, it was on in reruns, was the Dick Van Dyke show. He was a comedy writer. And um, I remember thinking that'd be the coolest job in the world. And he lived in New Rochelle. So that's right. That was, uh, that just made me think, man, if I could live in New Rochelle and be married to Mary Tyler Moore and write comedy. Well, (laughs) one of those came true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So how are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, David. I'm great. So I live in New Rochelle. I'm a congregational rabbi. I have uh, three children. Mm -hmm. One is, uh, he's a freshman in college, one in a junior in high school and a a fifth grader. Wow. And uh, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. All three of you. Oh, no. Yeah, Yeah, primarily me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He said all of us, so. Yeah, he said all of us. Well, David, it's clear, though, that it's like, oh, it's Conan. And then, yes, of course. Well, we don't know that. The others. Or yes, of course. Yeah. Um, Or the yes, of course. (laughs) Listen, uh, David, let's get back to the main focus, which is you're a huge fan of mine. Of ours. And uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. We'll never get past this part. So um, rank oh, us. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm curious. You know, because I was raised, as you can imagine, and as I've mentioned on the podcast many times, and it's no secret, I'm Irish Catholic. But um, I grew up in an area right outside Boston, and my school was uh, surrounded pretty much on all sides by temples. And so many of my yes. really good friends were Jewish, and I think I think I went to many more bar mitzvahs when I was a kid than first communions uh, or any th- or any other Christian ceremony. So 
I grew up really liking your religion a lot. It felt very user-friendly and comforting. Yeah. So, well, you ended up in a good place then in Hollywood. Um, so, so, what the hell? It, uh, <laughs> you know, the truth is, it's, uh, I think that's, there's still, <laughs> hey, tone it down, David. Okay, okay. It's not it's true. Relevant. There are, there are no uh, Jewish people in Hollywood. None. <laughs> it's all Mormons. Um, <laughs> just it's the Mormons that control Hollywood <laughs> and some Baptists, Mennonites. Uh, but that's the, so, but I'm curious, um, first of all, what, when did you decide that you had this calling to be a rabbi? Is that something you knew when you were a kid? No, no, I was not voted most likely to end up in the rabbinate. I did not grow up in a, an observant. <laughs> and yet I was. At all. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, and it was, a, you know, I went to India for a year after college mm -hmm. and I worked in the Jewish community there. And that was the beginning of, you know, really thinking about serving the Jewish community in some capacity. But I was not you know, it was like a slow, circuitous route to the rabbit. And I lived in Baltimore for a year teaching. I lived in Israel for a year. And eventually I found my way to rabbinical school. Okay. And then, and then it just felt like you knew right away, like, this is it. This makes sense for me. No, 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 no. I mean, there's- <laughs> How is it feeling now to be a rabbi? <laughs> I get the feeling any minute now you're going to say, you know, I think being, actually, a being a glass blower might be the way to go. <laughs> the, I, you know, your question you asked about being called to yep. this work. And yep. actually most Jews I know don't really feel called to this work. So I think that's one of the differences between Christianity and Judaism. You know, we sort of like- who care a lot about Judaism, love the Jewish people, don't like all of them, but love them. And, you know, care about the Jewish intellectual tradition. So this could be a good, this could be a good career choice in that sense, um, as opposed to feeling called into this work. Got it. Um, Got it. That's interesting. It's more real. It's pragmatic. Yeah. I think not for everyone, but certainly for me, it was. And for most rabbis I work with and, and am friends with. So tell yeah. me, what's your day like? Because I'm trying to imagine... What I what I do know, and this is this this would be true for for a priest as well, or for people in other religions uh, who are you know um, walking the walk. That you have a different your day is composed of many different kinds of tasks. Is that right? You're not totally. you're not just teaching students about you know Moses and and taking them through various steps of the things they need to to learn uh, you know in their faith. There's all kinds of stuff that a rabbi needs to know how to do. It's true. Actually, the way you said that reminded me of, so my wife, Tali, has a doctorate from NYU. And she was, uh, as I was finishing rabbinical school, and it was six years after college, and Tali got accepted into NYU, my mother said, this is so exciting, the first shock to go to graduate school. <laughs> and I was sort of finishing six years of graduate school. So I asked her, you know, what did, what did you mean by that? You know, I'm yeah. studying Aramaic and yeah. like ancient languages. And she said, I don't know. Don't you just like teach children about Moses? Sort of, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm channeling so, you your know, mom right now. Uh, Enough know, with and, the and, Moses. <laughs> it's so Moses this, Moses that. Yeah. But what do you do? Like, so, it, it, tell me the so, different okay, so, things that could happen in your day. Sure. So uh, there's like, you know, we're building an institution. So there's 600 and so a few thousand people associated with the synagogue. Mm -hmm. So 
there's a nursery school, there's a religious school, there's the kind of day-to-day life programming of the synagogue. So I'm constantly working on ensuring that we're meeting the needs of the community in that way. But, you know, people get sick, they end up in the hospital, everything you know, you have you get a call and you have to drop everything and you spend time with families offering comfort or presence mm-hmm. through, you know, the death and dying piece of the life cycle. There's weddings, there's babies are born and, you know, you have opportunities to celebrate. I do a lot of pastoral counseling for people who are, you know, either have sick loved ones or marital problems. And so every day is completely unpredictable because you work with human beings and we're endlessly interesting creatures with Mm -hmm. lots of different needs. And so um, it's a trying to balance the sort of day-to-day life of the institution and the human experience of all of the people associated with the synagogue. Are you always... uh you know, wearing uh, anything that would identify you as a rabbi? Can you go undercover? Are there times where you, you know, because I'm talking about- I am curious, because, you know, priests you can easily identify because of the collar. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean- That's, that was exactly my question is, um, and, and it's- because right now I'm talking to you and I'm thinking, well, if you wanted to, you could blend in and say- um, yeah, I just got off the boat from Switzerland. I'm here to <laughs> repair cuckoo clocks and just just take a little time off, you know? Yeah, no, there's, um, so, you know, there, there's two different pieces of that question. The first is, you know, if I want to watch, I'm a huge Philadelphia sports fan. I want to watch the Eagles game with my family. I run to the supermarket to buy Tostitos and I'm counseling somebody in aisle six around a cancer diagnosis that oh. someone I bump into, you know, that's it's or because, and that's because well, they, but that's because they know you, they know you're, I mean, that's the other exactly. thing is you can't go anywhere in your community without someone stopping you and saying, Hey, we've got to talk. Um, I'm seeing right, someone on exactly. the side. My wife doesn't know. Um, and then exactly. suddenly, suddenly you have to like put the Tostitos down and really get into it. Well, you don't have to do that. Right. No, exactly. you, you do have to. You can't so, be holding tos- Tostitos. No, you need the Tostitos. <laughs> or Testitos either. <laughs> no, a, I, I never hold my, okay. my Testitos when I, when I counsel people. Um, yeah. The other piece is when I am not in my local area, right? When I'm not in New Rochelle or in Westchester, I never tell people I'm a rabbi right, ever. Right. So if I meet someone and when I like it's led to some really awkward, completely uncomfortable situations where I'm sort of found out in the middle of a conversation that I was lying about being a rabbi. And I was once in Arizona and I went to Sedona. I was by myself, you know, these like purple, those big pink, pink jeep trips you know yeah yeah i know those i i've been on one of those they have these giant four-wheel jeeps and you get in there with a few other people and they take you uh, on these insane uh uh you know sort of trips up pretty much at a 90 degree angle (laughs) up uh, up some rocks it's pretty harrowing but but fun yeah yeah and i just wanted to get away and there were three couples from chicago and me and they said, eh, you know, we're being friendly. What do you do? I said, oh, I'm a teacher. And they said, oh, what do you mm-hmm. teach? I said, history. They, you know, they said, oh, where do you live? And I said, oh, I'm outside of New York City. And we went through the whole thing. And one of them said to his wife, don't we know? How do we know that town? And they went back and forth. And he said, wait, Rabbi Schwab has a good friend who's a rabbi in that town. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I was sort of discovered. Oh, my so God. Said, oh, I should, uh, you know, in so Arizona? I said, oh, 
in you're Arizona. In, you're, in, you're in Arizona driving on a four-wheel drive over boulders, and people are like, we it's know true. you. You're a rabbi. <laughs> exactly. And I told them, they said, why didn't you tell us you were a rabbi? And I said, well, then people will start making me work, and I'm really on vacation. And they laughed, and they said, don't worry. We would never do that. And 10 minutes later, <laughs> one of the guys was like, oh, you know, I wanted to go to synagogue when my mom died, and I never really did. And so it's like impossible to go anywhere once you're found out. You know what people, it is? You know what it is, uh, David? My hair. Nope, David, it is, your life is exactly like that of a dermatologist, which which is anyone who sees a dermatologist, who finds out that someone's a dermatologist invariably says, they pull up their shirt and say, can you just look at this for a second? Because it's unlike most other, you know, if, if you're talking to a cardiologist, he can say, look, I don't really have the tools here, but everybody does that to a dermatologist. And now I see sure. they do it to a rabbi. Yeah. No, no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil. And not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown-ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. My God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh, my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Thank you.
Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'd be a terrible rabbi. Because I, I just wouldn't want to do anything. <laughs> well, that's, I feel that, like that's, I would ghost that's everyone. Just, that's that's yeah. a reason why you'd be bad at a lot of things. But also, <laughs> I feel like you that's would just, just like you're in yeah. the hospital doing a bris and then somebody calls you and you have to go to the other part of the hospital to like, for someone who's dying. That's that's a lot emotionally. I don't, I don't know if I can handle that. In my experience that. with a bris, it doesn't happen in a hospital. It happens at the temple. Oh, I'm is sorry. That, is, that, is that correct, uh, Rabbi? That's true. Thank That's you. true. But Thank you. Sona, I actually, you're very empathic, and I think you'd be a great rabbi. Oh, That's okay. That's the truth. No, but she isn't terrible work ethic <laughs> and uh, doesn't care about doing a good job. So those would be problems. Well, if someone's like texting That's... me and I'm watching a show, I think I'd just be like, I'll get to it. And then the person would die. That's true. You'd be a terrible rabbi. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, David, I'm trying. To, I I love your people. I love your faith. I'm trying to help you here. You do not right. want Sona right. to be a rabbi. Uh, do you perform brisses or does that a special, that's a special skill, right? No, that's a special skill. Oh, okay. No, I do okay. not. Are you asking yes. for I mean, a reason? I appreciate yeah. <laughs> You're my favorite market? my favorite joke when I'm at a bris is to say uh, it's to say, man, this calamari is good oh, at the dinner God. afterwards, and, and then have oh. someone say, "There's no calamari," and I go, oh. <laughs> "Come on, it's hilarious." 
hilarious because uh, it means I accidentally <laughs> ate the foreskin. <laughs> it's a hilarious joke. <laughs> Boy, this calamari's killer. There's no calamari. Uh-oh. <laughs> Try it out sometime, Rabbi. It's really funny. Do you I ever will. go to a TGI Fridays and go, boy, this foreskin's delicious. <laughs> we don't serve foreskin here. <laughs> oh. oh. I accidentally <laughs> ate calamari. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after- This is the stupidest after, thing so ever. No, after my son, my first son was born, you know, the custom in Judaism is the foreskin has to be buried. It, right. It can't- dispose of it in any other way so the the moil who did the bris for my son gave it to me mm-hmm. and i was like what am i supposed to do with this i was a rabbinical student living on the upper west side and he said you have to bury it but i lived in new york city yeah so oh. my friend and i went to central park and we went behind home plate this huge baseball fan and we buried it behind the first field in Central Park. Oh. And now there's a foreskin tree growing right there. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Every October, <laughs> dropping foreskins. Um, what a terrible image. Uh, but Rabbi, um, and, and what is your last name, Rabbi? Shuck. There was a character actor named John Shuck. When I was a he was in Holmes and Yo-Yo, a TV right. show. And um, sorry, I'm going way back there. He played, uh, look up Holmes and Yo-Yo, John Shuck. He was a very funny character actor. That sounds like a show you made up. Yeah. Uh, shout out to John Shuck, right? I don't even know yeah. that one. John Shuck, Holmes and Yo-Yo. Okay. You got a picture. Any relation? If Matt has never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. You might be related to Thank John you. Shuck. Are you related to John Shuck? No, because he doesn't exist. No. <laughs> he does exist. Holmes and Yo-Yo, folks. I know a lot of fans out there right now going crazy that I mentioned your favorite show from 1970, I'm going to guess, 8? Holmes and Yo-Yo? Yep. Sorry oh, about they're that. Oh, they're a, uh, people. Yes, it's two guys. Oh. And here's the trick. John Shuck, the actor, plays a robot. He oh. looks like a regular person, but he's a robot. I mean, some of these shows are dumb, though, Wait, right? is this before Jaime on Get Smart or after? It's afterwards. It's oh. after Jaime. It's a ripoff. Yeah. Well, before after Small Wonder, it's a show uh, I know. It's a great, uh, great show. Before Small Wonder. Uh, Rabbi, I seem to have lost the thread here. I took us down a little bit of a rabbit hole on John Shuck. It's good. But I wanted to it's give good. him a shout out. I wanted to smugly drink water. You're out there, John. Uh, I, is he still with us, John Shuck? Please say yes. yes. He, he is. is. Wow. John Shuck, if you're out there, I'm uh, I'm a fan. Let's I'm get not. him on the show. Holmes and Yo-Yo. And I'm your nephew. Exactly. Yeah, you could be. Yeah. Do you have a question for Conan? Yes. Do you have a Did question you? for me? How, I do. How, how can so, I, Rabbi, how can I counsel you? Oh. Yes. Thank you. I never thought you would ask. So let's just say you are the senior rabbi, Conan. Oh, dear. And Sona and Matt are the associate rabbis. Mm-hmm. What would a clergy team meeting look like? Whoa. Well, first of all, I'd be there, and I think uh, Rabbi Matt would be there as well. Sona would not be there because she'd be running late and not caring. Oh, okay. okay. I think that you would be eating up everyone's time by playing the guitar for about an hour. <laughs> right, but playing- but Holding but, up the meeting. But playing songs about uh, Israel and uh, playing songs about Moses. <laughs> yeah, but that accomplishes Moses. nothing for our clergy. Like it, does. it, it doesn't it, it doesn't cross anything off the agenda of the meeting. I would sing the dreidel song. Uh, <laughs> I'm sending my rabbinical resume over to you, David, to see if I can get a transfer of some kind. Oh no, you can't. Oh no. 
Oh, um, I got to work under this guy. <laughs> because you're the guy that I bring with me uh, to the bris whose job is to say, we didn't serve any calamari. Because <laughs> I need someone to say that for my joke but to it's work. it's like a hundredth time. It's the hundredth we time. We didn't serve any calamari. <laughs> and I go, Ugh. But sometimes you don't do it because you're so sick of it. So I have a little broomstick and I tap you with it. <laughs> oh, um. What if they're actually serving calamari? I know. It's a Ooh. drag. That's a problem. Then it's Matt's job to make sure that they, they take the calamari out. Okay. And get rid of it. Oh. His job is to get there early and get rid of all of the calamari that they <laughs> routinely serve, serve at a brisk. <laughs> so to, is our meeting just discussing how we're going to support your bits? Yes. Yeah. That would be, yes. Here's what you need to know, David. All of the meetings would be, okay, I've got this bit I want to do. And here's what, here's what I need. I need you to ask me. I need you to say this, Matt. And then when Sona shows up, I need you to do this. And yeah. You, yeah. So yeah. it would be a you lot of that. You are going to do our son's brisk, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> We've got other people for that. No one um, calls you anymore for anything. Yeah. You're the only rabbi no one calls for anything. <laughs> Your workload would double, David, because everybody from my, yeah, everybody who worked at my temple would be like, no, 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 no. We're good, Conan. You'd be getting twice as many calls. That old lonely rabbi on the yeah. top of the hill that no one calls. You hear, you hear someone in your in your synagogues having like marital trouble, and you go to them yeah. asking if you can help, and they're they're like, "No, we're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're fine." <laughs> Conan O'Brien just lost a parent. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm we're fine. Good. It was no, good. No, no, we're, good. Good. we're good. We're Conan good. Conan O'Brien is rabbi without a cause. <laughs> it's me in a red jacket, collar flipped up, James Dean style. No one comes to talk to me. <laughs> you can't handle the bits. You know, David, you don't seem nervous at all anymore. You got over that really quickly yeah. when you realized who I, you were talking to. It's, it's just amazing how our clergy meetings are so similar to what oh, we just described. Oh, that's good. Is that right? Is yeah, that yeah. true? Really? No. No. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, Holmes and Yo-Yo comes up. There's a lot of calamari jokes. Sometimes I can be so naive. Uh, hey, is uh, is is um, is Hanukkah going to be a busy time for you? That's coming up. Is there is it's there a busy time? Okay. Yeah. It's a very busy joyous, time, festive of... time. It is. Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. It's a time for us to, uh, we actually have a holiday where it's not about people tried to kill us and they didn't and let's celebrate. Well, actually, it is. <laughs> no, it's precisely that. So, yeah, we, okay. We'll forget fun. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a lot in common, like the Irish and the Jews, like it's, it's hard to be optimistic as uh, in the Jewish community. So anytime we have a holiday that's like eat greasy food and light candles. It'll be great for us. Yeah. It'll be fun. I think the uh, the Irish and the Jews are linked in many ways. I think we both have a guilt uh, as as a as a big motivator uh, and and kind of a, a in a weird way a rocket fuel like an Achilles heel, but also a strength is our guilt. And then uh, the other thing I I've found to be very true is sense of humor. Like uh, you know, so many of my favorite funny people are either Irish or Jewish. And so there's something yeah. about humor as a defense mechanism that I think uh, also unites us. Completely. And, you know, I have to say, I often hear you say like, oh, we're just doing silly shenanigans, meaningless things here. But the truth is, 
the work that you do as as a comedian is really important work in the world for like for me getting through this pandemic which hit new rochelle really hard that's right new, was new rochelle was like ground zero right you guys had a yeah, were hit very yeah, yeah. hard tell us about we that hit, we had so we we had um a, a lot of losses in this synagogue oh. and i was you know i was doing sometimes three funerals in oh. a day sometimes oh, i was officiating God. I buried a husband and then a wife uh, a week later, his oh, wife, boy. you know, these, it was traumatic here. Yeah. And these were losses, you know, the technologies that Jews developed for so long about dealing with our grief, you know, shivas and mm -hmm. big funerals and coming to synagogue to recite, you know, a prayer of mourning. We couldn't do any of that. So it was really like people in this community just disappeared from yeah. the community. And, yeah. and, you know, I think um, in so many ways, my job now is to help people look forward and, and people feel really optimistic, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with the vaccines and so on. But there's a piece of me that feels like part of my job is also to say, like, we've lost a lot and we have to make space yeah. for that loss, too. So uh, it, it was really tough. But I listened to your show and it really in so many ways and your friendship and your banter um, in so many ways, it really got me through the most difficult time of my well, life. That's really, oh, that's, that's nice. lovely to hear. Yeah. And it is really, it means a lot to me when I bump into people who say that we're in any way, you know, making them feel better. Sometimes they feel better because they know they're not us. Yeah. <laughs> most <are> times. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it is, it is really, uh, that's very meaningful and that's nice of you. Nice, nice of you to say, and uh, I'm glad we were able, in our own way, to be there for you. I'm really sorry for what you went through, but I think uh, the people of New Rochelle and uh, are just very lucky to have you. Yeah, you seem like a really nice great. You, you seem like a really good person who's very giving and very empathetic, and uh, I think you're doing a great job. And um, so I salute you. I do salute you. Thank you. And a salute Thank from you. me is. I don't know if well, it's very meaningful. I mean, there's, there's, there's room to go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an admiral, but, you know, I'd still salute you. You but, can aim higher. Yeah. Uh, hey, David, it was really lovely talking to you. And I hope your uh, your community continues to to heal. And uh, and I, I just wish you a great uh, Hanukkah holiday season. Really, I hope you have a, a just a, a lovely one because it sounds like you deserve it. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solateroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Music by Jimmy Vivino. Supervising producer, Aaron Blaird. Associate talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Associate producers, Sean Doherty and Lisa Berm. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, 
but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.